0: I do my best to live a healthy lifestyle. I try to get out there, work out, break a sweat when possible. I'm not necessarily a fitness or a a wellness freak, but I'm just trying to be a little bit healthier every single day, which is where Sun Warrior comes into play for me. It is a plant-based, eco-friendly, performance-boosting, all Things brand that I want to talk about, and it's their active nutrition line that is something that I've been messing around with over the course of the past couple of months, and it's really working out for me because with protein, creatine, pre-workout, and hydration, these products are designed to optimize your performance, and I'm always up for optimizing any aspect of my life even boosting my own energy reserves or being more hydrated after a long day in the gym or on the golf course it really does turbocharge my recovery it's something that i really take seriously and it's real nutrition for real life so go check out sunwarrior.com and use code first freaking first cut golly Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round one recap for this week's AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, but we've got some news to talk about first. Kyle Porter joins me this evening. KP, welcome.
1: Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. We were just talking before we went on air. I don't know if this is how you feel, but I feel very, we're going to talk about Phil and the, the Saudi league. I feel very exposed in this space. Like I know enough to talk about it but maybe not not enough to talk about it really well so we'll we'll do it um but just with the caveat of like there's going to be some we'll probably say some stuff that either is like ah that's you know not actually true or maybe we shouldn't go down you know whatever
0: yeah, it's complex. There's a lot going on. There's political conversations. There's uh, international conversations. There's moral conversations. There's organizational conversations. We're going to do our best and we'll see, where, see where it ends up. Yeah, it's good. All right. Let's start with Phil. I think that's the place to start here. So he has been very open about what he has described as the tour's, quote, obnoxious greed, which is uh, – quite the comment to make for someone who just got paid $8 million to win the tours, uh, popularity contest. But Phil has been basically saying, uh, you know, the tour ain't all it's cracked up to be. And I might want to look in some other directions.
1: Yeah. So we got the quote here. They also, uh, for me personally, it's not enough. They're sitting on hundreds of millions of digital moments. They also have access to my shots access. I do not have. They also charge companies to use shots. I have hit, And when I did the match, the tour forced me to pay them $1 million each time for my own media rights. That type of greed is, to me, beyond obnoxious. There's another quote where he talks about how the tour is sitting on, I think it's, correct me if I'm wrong, $20 billion of digital media rights.
0: That's what he, yes, that is what he said, yes. Which he's talking about, he's talking about digital moments. He's talking about what the NBA has done with their digital moments, right? He's talking about NFTs. Okay. I I guess, but or is the it, rights to his or the rights to his shots that he's hit on broadcast or anywhere else they would want to want to run them?
1: <laughs> golf is <laughs> golf is so dumb because you get entangled in uh so one of the things that was mentioned in the golf digest article john huggins done a great job reporting this by the way really good stuff and one of the things that was mentioned is phil was mad because this shot from augusta national when he won in what 2010 on 13 uh like it was it was somebody wanted to use it and they charged him a and it's like well wait a second we're not talking about the now we're talking about Augusta National. Like, we're not right. talking about the tour anymore. So, what we need to like, let's stay in like one space here. And then it gets more complex, Rick, because I don't totally understand all the nuances of like the, um, like they're, they're, they're contract laborers, right? Like, they're not, they're not part of like, a, I mean, they are part of part of an organization, but they're, they can make their own schedule. They're not like, the whole thing is like, just really strange to me. So I don't know where we even want to start here, like with what we're talking
0: about. Let's relate it back to the the Saudi league, which is this now morphed into the Asian tour. So to me, this feels like Phil Mickelson is your classic Diva wide receiver who is planting the seeds to try to force a trade to a different team, right? He's laying the foundation of saying, okay, either PGA tour, fix all of this stuff, Pay me more, et cetera, et cetera. Or I might just jump ship. It, this is this is leverage, but I think at the end of the day, Phil, I, I think Phil could go if that's what we're getting at.
1: Yeah, I think so. Two things. One, he I think that I think owning your own rights is is really interesting because you it's different like it got compared to the nba or nfl or what major league baseball but it's different man like they are like contractors right it's not the same as being in like part of this nflpa like the players association or the mlbpa or the whatever the nba version is called like they are they're independent and so like, yeah, maybe, maybe you should for like, maybe we're at a crossroads for like, because he, he said something interesting in there, right? He said that PGA tour could shut all this down by simply handing over players, digital rights to those players. And it's like, well, I, is this the best way to go about it? It's like the Ryder cup thing with him and Tom Watson. Was that the best way to do it? Maybe not. Did it accomplish what it needed to accomplish? Maybe, probably, right. you know, and so maybe this is like that crossroads and, but maybe, maybe not, like maybe there's 10 more demands beyond that from Phil or players other than Phil. I think for Phil specifically, listen, like this is about, he knows he's at the end of his, of his tour career. And so it's like, how am I going to generate revenue for the next 25 years? Oh, I kind of need my media rights. Like that'd be a great thing to have. Right. Right. And I, it's not worth twenty billion dollars, but it's worth something. And so I think, I think for him, it's a little bit of like, well, I could have thirty million here, or I could have seventy million. Like he's just trying to like leverage his. Um, he keeps talking about leverage. He's trying to leverage his yes. Yes. next twenty five years against both of these entities to make as much money as possible. That that's kind of like, I think that as I think through this and talk it out, that's where I stand on kind of all of this right now.
0: Yeah, and Phil's not dumb either, right? Like he's he is thinking about the future. He is thinking about uh, what what the next right as you said, twenty five years for him looks like. But in a more shorter term, it seems like this. Um, you know, financial arm of the Saudi government is willing to pour lots of money into the Asian tour. And we talked, uh, I guess, just a couple of days ago about the reported offer made to Ian Poulter, which is about $30 million. Now we are getting a report that Bryson DeChambeau has been offered $130 million to be the face of the Saudi league, which is, to put that into perspective the entire on course earnings in tiger woods's career
1: yeah which i don't i don't know if uh <laughs> <laughs> that, that might actually be a not great look for the tour that tiger's only earned 130 million over the course of his career right that might be actually what phil's talking about here uh i don't know i don't want to do like spreadsheet comparisons and i don't want to do that whole thing the thing that i have heard and this is just rumors from multiple people is that phil has kind of been like leading bryson down this path to like hey you know what what about this like right like and and i think that makes sense because you know phil was the um I think this is right. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I think he was the team, like the pod leader of Bryson's pod at the Ryder cup. They play practice rounds together. There's a lot of like similar, like might be crazy, might just be pretending to be crazy type stuff with both of them. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Bryson is like, listen, I said this on Slack today. I think Bryson is like the perfect target for something like this because i think he's he thinks of himself enough as like this global like pioneer that it's like that that he could talk himself into the fact that he's changing sports history yeah,
0: you know he's, he's already convinced himself that he has changed golf right through his various methods of and he's not wrong and to be fair he
1: there's a lot of rules that have changed because of him and so Correct. it's almost like these those are these little seeds that were leading to him just blowing the whole thing open. And I, I I could see that happening. I mean, I just, I could. Now,
0: I don't know what happens after that. Can you, like, right. I, are what, you... What happens if this league lasts for five years and he wants yeah. to come back? Well, I don't know. I, I think that,
1: <sighs> that it would just be such an unprecedented sports situation. I think, I don't know of any, I mean, this happens a little bit in soccer, but yes, guys...
0: but, but those are more like a, yeah, that's true. I think a better comp would be like the XFL starts and they offer Aaron Rodgers like $500 million to come play in the XFL. And also the XFL is funded by a hostile government. <laughs> that's like the comp. I mean, and
1: <laughs> again, like some of this stuff starts to be normalized. I'm like, wait a second. <clears throat> The financial arm of a of a hostile government, which I said on, what I said on Twitter, is trying to write a big check to a 51 year old who's like dabbling in digital media rights, to like come be it, like the face of its league. Like that's a outrageous thing. Like that is like we've normalized it because we've been talking about it for a year now, and yet it's like wait a second, what is actually happening? Like this is insane. Like it's completely insane. It's not and. I said this on Tuesday on our preview pod. It's not like you know, you have the PGL, which is like this group of bankers and it's like this private thing. And you're like, okay, whatever. Like that sort of makes sense. This is the financial for all intents and purposes the financial arm of a pretty hostile like kind of uh, government. It's like a it's like a it's like a country is like trying to sign this 51-year-old golfer to a contract like what if what if what if Joe Biden was like courting um like Cristiano Ronaldo and like trying to this is sort of what this is i mean that's not like a direct comparison because you have a bunch of other people involved and middlemen and all this different stuff it's just a really weird thing it, but all that having been said this is like the this is like the real most real path that i could see to it taking place and somebody asked me today I was on uh, with um, the Golfers Journal. They have this Discord channel, and they my, they invited me to come on and talk. And they said, "What's more likely the the SGL, the Super Golf League, the Saudis, or the PGL?" And I think it's actually this, Rick. Like I I think it is the Super Golf League because the PGL is trying to kind of cozy up to not cozy up, but trying to like play nice with the tour. And I don't think the tour is going to like I'll, like I just don't think that's going to happen. But the Super Golf League is just whatever, man. We're out. Like We're going to throw money at people until it actually happens.
0: Buddy, in the history of the world, uh, money talks. And when you are offering obscene amounts of money to people and you are probably unlimited in that capacity, uh, you can get a lot of things that you want. And it's just going to be a matter of, who they can get, how quickly they can get them, whether it fizzles out or not. I do think there's a kind of a speed aspect to this. They can't let this thing go on. the they, the The Super Golf League can't let this drag out for two years. I feel like you'll start losing momentum in the next couple of months if this thing doesn't start to well, pan out. Like I think I, here,
1: yeah, I agree, and I think here's what's going to happen: is I think you're if it happens, I think you get Phil and Bryson. Which is crazy. I mean, think about that. My would wife be like,
0: it would be nuts to have Phil and Bryson. It would my wife was
1: like, are you gonna have to cover like differently, like different stuff all over the world? And I was like, I don't, maybe I don't know. So I, I think like if it happens, I think they get Phil and Bryson, and then they get like let's say three European tour guys. Well, yeah. not I mean not like I'm talking like Poulter types. I don't know about Poulter, but. So th- so, like five guys in the top fifty, and then I think your jts and your Spes are like uh, i d- I don't know like i don't I don't think I'm gonna do that, and then you have this league where it's like all these Asian tour guys, and Bryson and Phil keep saying like, oh yeah, we're gonna get some more guys, we're gonna get some more guys, and then they do it for three years, and <laughs> there's no more guys, right, and then it just maybe fizzles out like that's a that's a scenario that I could see taking place.
0: I agree with you. It's 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 fascinating. Things seem to be uh heating up. There's comments coming in all over and and this has changed I feel like even more since we just talked about it a couple of days ago. So I don't know uh what the next thing is going to be. Right? I mean, there's no timeline on like if if this offer exists for Bryson, which is all just reported. Um how first of all, I'd love to know the caveats of being the face of the of the Super Golf League, but like when do we get a decision? Is the, Do we have any idea of the next benchmark or checkpoint here? No.
1: I mean, what if it happens like next week? Because that's what it feels like, right? Like it feels like a lot of this Phil stuff is just – I mean, is he like – sh- is it like him firing stuff off on the way out? Or is it leverage for the media
0: – assets. Uh, Imagine the courtship that is going on in Saudi Arabia right now with what I'm saying. Like, what if there's a press conference on Monday, they just stay over
1: there. Dude. Yeah. We'd be, I think it's,
0: we'd be covering multiple tours. (laughs) Well, because I think,
1: I think what happens is it's a lot easier. You, you, this has happened to you, right? Where, um, so I'll tell my wife, Hey, I'm going to go out with some friends. We're going to go to dinner. We'll be, we'll be i'll be home at 10 actually she did this to me last week i'll be home at 10 and then once you're there you're like oh it's so easy just to like stay here even though i said this other thing when i was in this other place i think i think when you're talking about the super golf league when you're in california it feels a lot different than when you're in saudi arabia where the money actually is and where it's all this stuff is taking place so i think it's i think and maybe the Saudis believe that too. I think if you're gonna if you're gonna like get them, get like that's it. Like that's the time. So I don't know, dude. This is it's crazy. Like it it truly is is fascinating. And I don't, you know, neither of those guys signed on to the Netflix deal, mm. which I think is interesting. Um, you've got mate, you've got majors coming up. Um, would the
0: would the majors Not, stand? Would the majors stand by the PGA Tour?
1: Like, let's say Phil and Bryson have a press conference next week, and yeah. Augusta is the first major. Yeah. No, no. The the, and, the the Augusta
0: would let Phil Mickelson play in the Masters. I think, I, right? I I agree. Yes, I agree. I I I believe that they would, even if it was under the guise, even if it was just built, even if they took a stand and said, you know what because he's a past champion we're going to let him play but Bryson you can't play like it would be like a half in half out play. well i because i think i think it's easy for
1: um you know you've had this sort of support of the PGA tour from the made from like USGA and PGA RNA I guess national but i think once like if that were to happen i think the the major organizations would be like I don't know. It feels like a you problem. <laughs> like, right.
0: You gotta, I know. You yeah, could that out. Because they could have squat they, they couldn't have a uh they could have easily not had us here guessing about what they would do if they released a joint statement and said, "Here's exactly how we're going to handle it." The fact that we're guessing right now makes me du- makes me feel like they will say. That's a you problem. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh yeah, there's just oh man, we could do like 3 hours on this. There's so many there's so many tentacles to it and of course it's phil right of course he's like the
0: i mean it's phil and bryson the the two like you of course it's these guys of course it is
1: yeah and you know again like i i think they could talk themselves into doing it together i don't know if one of them could talk like their team into doing it alone but i think together I, i this is the most I've ever thought like this is going to happen. It still might not and maybe even probably won't. But it just is there, there's enough of like quotes out there and and enough um, smoke and enough like they might be crazy enough to try this that ah, it, it might go down.
0: It really might. All right. Well, if there is a press conference on Monday from Saudi Arabia, we'll uh, fire up the emergency pod. Oh my gosh. We might have to just yeah react live
1: to it. Just pipe it in. We don't have any. We have no rules with them, right? We can just That's like true. stream it on here and just talk over it.
0: That's right. Yeah. No. No rules. I love <laughs> It'd be that. Be sick. Uh, all right. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna talk about round one at Pebble Beach. We're gonna look at the odds board, and we're gonna try to decipher what happens. Not. Not one. Not two, but three different golf courses on Thursday. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. Three different courses. KP, as expected, Spyglass Hill was your most difficult, played almost a half a shot over par. Pebble Beach and Monterey Peninsula are both about a shot and a half under par. So those were the easier ones. And it is Tom Hoagie atop the leaderboard. Someone we've been keeping a close eye on the past couple of weeks. He's been popping up every so often, and he got himself on an absolute run of golf. He made birdies at three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. Finished on that side and shot a 63 to take the lead.
1: Yeah, he was my sleeper this week. I think, he, I, think I had right. him in. I had him in my picks somewhere. He's had in his last four events, he's either top five or missed the cut, which is just perfect. Perfect. <laughs> uh, I'm a little confused about um, why is Seamus Power number one in strokes gain total here?
0: Uh, Because he shot it at Spyglass Hill. So his 64 at Spyglass Hill on a course that was half a shot over par. Uh, So he gained, what, eight and a half? And Hoagie gained uh, 7.5?
1: Sorry, I was – okay, I was thinking Pebble was the – you said that and I just wasn't paying attention. Okay, got it. Um, Yeah, I mean, Hoagie – you know, this is interesting because I think sometimes we get guys like Hoagie who are not great players. He's a he's a fine player. And they pop with the putter, and you're like, okay, that's not sustainable. But two things. One, he also was great tee to green, and he's just a good tee to green player. Right. So I'm in. Like, is he going to win? I don't know. Pro- probably not. But I think that – I think Tom Hoagie will be in one of the final three pairings on Sunday afternoon.
0: Six to one to win the event, according to our friends over at Caesar Sportsbook. He has the third shortest odds behind Seamus Power and Patrick Cantlay. Let's talk about Power first. 64 at Spyglass Hill, as you mentioned, KP. Number one in strokes game total because that course was playing more difficult. And this has been, I'll tell you what. Six months, the last six months for Seamus Power have been very, very good. Uh, A win in an alternate field event, but has been piling up top 10s and top 20s.
1: Yeah, both these guys have been under the radar playing really well and Power probably more consistently, although Hoagie popping a little bit more. Uh, So not a not a huge. I mean. I think if you would have told me yesterday, hey, Seamus Power is going to be in the top 10 after day one, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. He's Mm -hmm. been playing great golf, and it's not a very good field, especially we haven't talked about uh, Berger and uh, uh, Will Zalatoris withdrawing. So it's just this. I mean, is the the field – producer Jacob can maybe look this up for us. Is the field – is the strength of field that much different than when when Seamus Power won? in the what did he win this not the sanderson but the
0: barbasol i think i mean it's probably a little better but it's not that much better Uh, i think it's a lot better this is uh this is a 206 seamus power won the barbasol when it was a i have it right here barbasol first place finish (laughs) it was a 17 it was an alternate field event
1: that's tough that's a tough look for me and for
0: Seamus.
1: <laughs> well, good for Seamus. Go go get another one.
0: Go get another one, Seamus. You're three and a half to one uh, to win this event. But Patrick can't lay. He was your, by far, uh, the betting favorite. I think he closed that anywhere. I mean, because because of the late – Daniel Berger withdraw on Wednesday night. He closed some places probably like six to one with with the next closest golfer at about eighteen to one. So he was a pretty heavy favorite, and he showed it on Thursday. A sixty five around Monterey Peninsula that included two bogeys. I mean, uh, this is of course he's a, he's of course he's on the top leaderboard. What else would you expect from Patrick Cantlay at this point?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm fascinated that. I just don't understand why he doesn't have the shortest odds. Yeah. I mean, I I know that, I know that Seamus did it on a, on a much, what, two stroke, more difficult golf course. Yeah. But still, I just, he's, you know, lay is so much better than the rest of the field. And he was what, uh, gained three, three strokes, probably three and a half, somewhere around there. Four and, half, four and a half. Four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah. So power is okay. So power gained eight, and that's a lot. But still, I just I, I think Cantlay is is just far and away the favorite here. With with uh, there's just so much golf left, and he's got so much power fire, firepower. I mean, five yeah,
0: straight I, I, top 11s. Uh, he's been phenomenal. After that, there's not a heck of a lot, uh, or any real win equity or at least guys who have not hoisted trophies Putnam, Smotherman, Sean O'Hare, Doc Redmond, Jonathan Byrd, David Lipsky, Austin T- uh Tyler Duncan, Jonas Blix. I mean they're they're not they're not large names piling up behind these guys. So Caesar's uh really at this point there's only three golfers under 22 to 1. Jason Day is 22 to 1. He's next. He finished his his round at uh, 4 under 68 at Pebble Beach. So it are are there too many guys stacking up, or is there just too much? Like, there's still a lot of golf to be played here, right?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of golf to be played, and I think a couple of these guys are still out on the course.
0: Yeah, they are. Smotherman's still playing
1: Eckroat's. Completely playing. done yet. it's yeah. my guy. I talked to um obviously he went to Oklahoma State. He was on the t- he was on that team with Hovland and Wolf that won the national championship. He was a freshman on that team. And I remember talking to... I don't know who he ended up signing with for an agency, but I remember talking to Justin Thomas's agent at the 2019 um, U.S. Open at Pebble. And Ekro was... I think he had sectional qualified his way in to the U.S. Open. And he was... JT's agent was just kind of checking him out, seeing what he was all about, and... We were talking about him at Pebble, actually, and uh, he's just such a. I almost, I actually almost took him as a sleeper this week. I'm glad I took Hoagie, but he's he's a really good player, and this is not a good field, and it's a place that he could finish in the top ten and get his way into Phoenix next week. And I, I'm I'm intrigued by him. I he's not like a he's not a Hovland Wolf type, but he's he's really solid.
0: Uh, that's an interesting little side story that we'll have to follow as well because even if Kent like goes on and runs away with this thing the amount of opportunities for these guys to do exactly what you just said finish inside the top 10 get another start next week earn some points earn some cards like this is a perfect week for that and the guys who are currently inside the top 20 have a lot to gain with a solo third totally
1: totally not just With Mark's beloved FedEx Cup points or (laughs) money or whatever, but also getting into Phoenix, you know, Phoenix is, is that's going to be obviously a much better field. Um, Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a big deal in terms of world rankings points and stuff like that. So yeah, ton of opportunity here.
0: All right. Well, we will be back after each and every round to assess the situation, break it all down. But for now, let me thank producer Jacob doing all the hard work behind the scenes. That right there, Kyle Porter. You can find him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut, and we'll catch you next time.